Welcome to the Mercy Hill Podcast. My name is Brandon Nichols. I'm one of the pastors of Mercy Hill Church in Marietta, Georgia. What we love to do is to have discussions that are intended uh, to stir up your affections for Jesus. Today, I'm joined by my good friend, Jason Lumpkin. Uh, Jason's a pastor of Love Bridge Church, just right down the road in Austell, Georgia. Today, we're going to talk about the danger of becoming too familiar with who we think Jesus is. Jason, welcome. We're glad to have you again. How are you doing? Good, man. It is so good to be back. It's been a while, right? It, it has been a while. It has been a while. Well, man, I count you as a friend. You're a pastor here in town, just down the road in Austell. Uh, for some of us, uh, for some people listening who maybe didn't tune in to the last episode you were on, uh, why don't you tell them a little bit about you? So I am uh, Pastor Jason Lumpkin. I'm married to my lovely wife, Cindy. We have three little kids. We call them our broke best friends. Uh, <laughs> but I pastor a church, Love Bridge Church, in beautiful downtown Austell, Georgia, just a stone's, stone's throw away from where we are right now at Mercy Hill. Well, we, we've known each other for a while. We did church planner assessment together right. years and years ago. Ended up, we weren't supposed to be at the same table, ended up at the same table, Correct. became friends ever since. And uh, I was so excited when you guys moved to Austell just so we could be closer and hopefully hang out. Yep. Uh, and then the COVID. Yeah, of course. And so we haven't been able to hang out nearly as much, much as I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know today you're going to walk us through a passage in Mark chapter 6. Yes. So I'm going to read it and then turn it over to you. Sounds good. Uh, Mark 6, starting in verse 1. He went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, and Joses, and uh, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him, and and Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown, and among his relatives, and in his own household. And he could not do mighty works there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about among the villages teaching. All right, so we got the story. Jesus comes back to his hometown. And what stands out to you? Uh, the first thing in this passage reminds me that familiarity and offense can rob us from receiving uh, what we need from God if we let it. Right, yeah. You know, uh, it, it's a shame when people from back when see us as who we were and not who we are now. Mm. And as Jesus taught, it, it's amazing. They were astonished, right? They were astonished by the wisdom with which he taught and the miracles that they saw performed by his hands. But even with all that fruit, they refused to believe him. And because of their unbelief, they missed out on receiving the miracles and healings that they needed. And and what it makes me ask myself is that, have I gotten to a place where my familiarity, religion, or tradition has caused me to miss out on what God wanted to do in my life? I mean, think about it. God sent the answer to their prayers, but they didn't receive it because it didn't come in the way that they thought they would that they thought it would arrive. And what I want to know or what I think to myself is, are we doing the same thing in some areas of our life? Right. Just it's become so routine, mm -hmm. so familiar. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you could just hear it, right? right? I can hear myself saying, right. like, right, 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 like right. who does this guy think he is? We're in the second grade together. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. He's nothing special. You know, <laughs> I remember him. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, exactly. Um, but we get familiar with things, too. Mm -hmm. uh, we get too close to it. I, I just, man, I think in kind of church planting world, right, in our church, I know your church, this is this yeah. mixture of people who know been around for a while, and a lot of people who don't know, and when you explain just something that seems very simple and something that people should know, 
to somebody who doesn't know Jesus or is new in their relationship. I mean, it's like a vibrancy and a freshness and yeah. and a hunger to know more. Absolutely. Whereas for those of us who've been around the church game for a little while, we go, huh. Yeah, yeah. I well, heard that. Yeah, well, and, it, and it's the thing that I think, um, it, it, you know, for a lot of us, when you first are followers of Christ, you get on fire and you want people to be saved, right? I know uh, a few months ago we had a, a sermon series that I did at our church looking at uh, Luke 14 and 15 and like that messianic banquet and him telling his servants to go out and invite people, right? Invite the, the marginalized people. Then he goes and says, well, invite everybody that crosses your path, the highways and the hedges. And I don't think he was talking about Georgia, right? right. <laughs> but he says, invite these people to come. Go Ducks. And, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he even says, invite these people to come. And I, I, what, I, what I wondered or one of the questions I posed for the church that I kind of posed for myself was, you know, if, there, if you have like five people in your family or whatever, people that you know, friends that aren't saved, that you're like, man, I've been praying for these people. And if three of them get saved, do you kind of forget about the other two? Do you kind of say, well, three out of five is not bad. Right. But, but Jesus wouldn't, right? Because that, that next chapter where he talks about this, the, the, the parable of the lost sheep, it's like, no, you go out and search for the one that's lost. And so to go back to what we're talking about here, this idea of do we get so familiar, familiar with, you know, this is the routine or this is what we do or um, do, do we get to that place where we no longer anticipate or are in the same level of, of faith of expecting mm-hmm. God to move, you know? Right. Uh, I, I was reading this thing from Spurgeon recently uh, that just totally rocked my world. So he had this student of his who uh, had been pastoring for a few months, and so he's asking, like, how's it going? He said, well... He says, you know, I'm preaching, and, and to be honest, I'm a little disappointed that not so many people are coming to know, you know Jesus, not getting saved or whatever at the service. And so Spurgeon asked him, he says, well, when you preach, do you expect you know, people to come up and get saved every time? And he says, well, no, no, no. And he said, well, that's the problem. And it was like, wait, what? Because <laughs> I found myself saying like, you know, but then when we go out to people and minister to them, why don't we expect it, right? Because right. really what we know is the Holy Spirit's already working on them, so right. we get that opportunity we're just a, a, a part of God's larger connected work, but do we sit in our familiarity with them, or do we already assume that they're not going to do it, that we yeah. really don't put our faith out there? So I, I could think of maybe two groups of people listening to this right now. Okay. Uh, the first group is someone who is flabbergasted that this could even be true. Right. Right? Like, <laughs> they are walking with Jesus. Mm-hmm. It is, like, fresh and vibrant sure. and new, mm-hmm. and everything feels like a brand-new discovery. You know, every yeah. I mean, yeah. they are excited about what Jesus is doing. Uh, and then the other group of people would be people who've been around for a while mm-hmm. in the routine. It is familiar. Yeah. Um, and so I think the question I would ask is, for people who are walking in, like, a fresh, vibrant relationship with Jesus... How do they guard against, or what do they do? Mm. How, what practices they employ to That's good. to keep that? And then maybe for those of us who are like, oh, I want that back. How, how do we regain that? Yeah, I think with um, with those who are vibrant and on fire to maintain the intensity. Right. And what I mean by that is, um, it's it's. Um, I remember somebody told us once when they said uh, when it comes to like church planning, they say it's not like running a marathon. It's like running two marathons back to back, right? (laughs) Like the length of it. And in some ways, that walk we have with Christ, it's a long journey, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, hopefully, right? We pray that it's a long journey. It's a long life of impacting people. And so if you're on fire, I think maintaining the routine of that quiet time that you're having, continuing to serve, continuing to engage, but also make sure that you have in place practices where you're continuing to pour in as you're pouring out. Right. One of the best pieces of advice I got when I was an on-fire young Christian is remember that when you serve or minister, if I use that word, you're doing that from the overflow and not from an empty spirit. Mm-hmm. And what that means is if you think about a cup and you're pouring water in it, as the water overflows, there's still water that remains, right? And so the water that flows out is for other people. 
right? But the part that's in there is for you. Yeah. And so to make sure that we don't get empty because you'll fill it with other stuff. Yeah. And so that you're continuing to, to quiet time, you're continuing to serve and all of that stuff. For those of us who maybe have been in it for a while, to make sure that uh, for us to look at questions, and sometimes they're hard questions, right? But are we still growing? Somebody will say, well, I've been in church 20 years, but if you pull back the layers, they were growing like the, like the other person for the first five years, and they've just kind of done the same things four, four times over, right. right? That's 20 years. But I would say, no, for you, sometimes shaking it up a little bit. And what I mean is, okay, um, if you've had the same devotional for 20 years or five years, or maybe it's time to get something different. Maybe it's time to say, hey, uh, uh, at Mercy Hill, wherever you're, you're connected as a church, just say, hey, they have classes that are going to be studying this for a little bit. So, so take time to study that. Or get a friend, get someone you know and say, hey, let's go ahead and go through this study uh, for the next six weeks or whatever. Yeah. I think mixing those things up or not getting will cause us to not get stagnant if it has right. or even complacent. Yeah. To a point where we just kind of say, okay, we're just kind of coasting through yeah. and not having that same sense of uh, maybe urgency is the word. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's a certain thing that comes with us being able to relax and lose the focus and intensity that I think yeah. we should have. That's good. That's good. I find myself, uh, I often, um, community is a way that I can kind of recapture that mm-hmm. when I start good. hearing other people's stories mm-hmm. about what God is doing in their lives. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, no, I... I want to get the back. I want to have a story. You know what yeah. I mean? I want yeah. to get back yeah, there. Yeah, like yeah. that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, and then I have like a home base. Yeah. Uh, so if I kind of walk through a season where maybe it just seems dry, mm-hmm. um, I've got this uh, devotional. It's really not intended to be a devotional that yeah, I just yeah. go back to because I know it just lights me yep. up. Mm-hmm. You know. And yep. so it's. Uh, yeah. I don't even know if it's in print anymore, but yeah. uh, Fifty Reasons Why Christ Came to Die by John Piper. Ah, that's great. And I just know if I spend the next month and a half reading that, yeah, reading about what Jesus's death and resurrection did for me in my place, mm-hmm. then that's, that's going to warm my heart eventually. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I yeah, got to yeah. get yeah. there eventually. Yeah. And, and, and I'll add to that. I think one of the things that we can do, even if we don't have that book, right. Is to, when you're reading scripture to read it with fresh eyes. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and what I mean is not pre proofreading the text based on what you heard. I had this uh, very unique experience in seminary where I had a class and we were talking about um, the old David and Bathsheba story, right? And what um, I, I remember what he said is he said, now look, before we read this text, which I know you all have read, you've probably heard sermons on, da 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 da. He said, we're gonna look at it line by line, and don't don't look at it based on what you've already heard or what you know. We're just gonna look at it fresh, right? And when we did, the one of the things I remember he pointed out was he said, do you notice how she didn't say a word? Mm. Now, from all the text and everything that I had heard, I'm, in my head, there was this Never other commentary. Yeah, 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 yeah. But when we read it that first time, well, that time in that class again, it was like, oh, yeah, I'm proofreading the text instead of just reading the text. Right. And so sometimes taking the time to just go back and read it and saying, yeah. okay, God, what are you saying to me now? Uh, a good, good practice that I'll say even in your quiet time that I do uh, is ask the two questions. When you read a passage, a chapter, whatever it is, Ask the question first, uh, and you write this down. You say, well, God, what are you saying to me from what mm-hmm. I just read? And then the second part, you write down, well, what do I say as a response? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it, it seems simple, but just doing little little tactics or tools like that right. can help you to say, okay, man, it, it's, it's showing me something different, or I'm responding now differently than I did maybe a year yeah. ago, two years ago, five years ago, That's et cetera. Good. Yeah, we had... Uh, we had Trey Wiggins on a few uh, weeks ago talk about a here journal. Okay. And I think that's very similar, right? It's that yep. two-step almost of the application sure. where you go, okay, how does this apply to me? Yes. How does this rest in my heart? Like, how do I need to wrestle with this? Yep, yep, yep. And then I love the way you framed it, though. It's like, 
Now, who else might need to hear this? There's yes. like kind of an external, outward face Absolutely. to it. Yeah, yeah. I love Absolutely. That. I Absolutely. Love that. All right, man. Anything else in this passage you want to point out to us? Yeah. The, the other perspective, I believe, is for us to see ourselves as disciples of Jesus. And at times uh, when God may try to use us to pray for others or share the gospel with people who may have known us back when, right? We must handle that rejection with class. Mm. See, Jesus doesn't say, you know, all y'all are going to hell, right? He didn't, right? he didn't do that when they reject him. Nope. They refuse to receive. And he just goes on to those who will receive. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because we see him modeling this here in his hometown, right? Uh, and, and then when you get to that next passage, which will probably be the next podcast, he now teaches the disciples the very, the very thing that he is actually modeling here in this passage that, hey, Dust your sandals off, dust your feet off, et cetera. Right, right. But he does it here before he even teaches it. And so yeah. I think that's interesting. And and the point being that often um, we are called or have an opportunity to go back to family, to friends, people who knew us, people who knew us in all of our sin and all of our mistakes or, or even know our flaws. And sometimes those can be the most difficult people to go through or will let pride cause us not to go, but we still go anyway as led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so it's that thing of when those things happen – when we uh, maybe are rejected or whatever, we go. If they receive us, praise God. If they don't receive us, praise God. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I love that. Well, he said he responded to rejection with class. Is that yes. the way you phrase yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He responded yeah, yeah. to the rejection with class. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, uh, um, and I think that ties back to something else we've been talking about in Mark, this idea that Jesus teaches on the hardness of the heart, mm-hmm. right? And that at sometimes, man, just at that particular time, no matter what anybody says, mm-hmm. man, that heart's just not going to receive that truth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And sometimes you just got to move on. Hopefully you get a chance to come back later or whatever. But Yeah. Uh, I, I think the beauty of that, though, is that that theme is, for many of us, that's the same story we have. That's right. Right? It, it was like uh, before God started, start, he knew that at uh, time 497, yes. you were going to finally receive the good news of Jesus that had been taught to you or invited you, you know, had yeah. been, someone had shared with you all these times. And so we don't take offense if someone doesn't receive it. It's like, okay, that's just another check off the list. That yeah. look, that was that was just 315 right there, that's right? That's a good point. <laughs> I don't know if I've going. thought about it that way before. Yeah, yeah, that's how I look at it. Like you think about like growing up in the church. Right, right. How yeah. many times did I have to hear the good news of Jesus before I received it? Exactly. And yet I have this expectation that my lost friend who's never heard it yeah. is gonna receive it. First time, yeah, you well, know? yeah, and I, but but and and there's a, there's a fine tension there, right? Because I think we have the expectation, right? But if they don't, we don't get offended, right? I think that's the that's issue. Good. For, that's really th- good. Their familiarity really good. got them offended, and it's like, okay, I don't get offended because it took me a while to process it, hear it, and really receive it. Yeah. And so if they heard it, if it didn't take them four hundred times, right? It took them two hundred times, whatever. But our job is to continue to do it uh, as a. A, a pastor, I guess, but even just as a Christian, I often think about the parable of the sower where he says, the sower sows the word, right? Right. And from our job, it's not necessarily to determine the ground that we're sowing it to, but it's to sow the word. Sow the word. And so we can't get upset if the ground is hard, if it's, you know, if, if, the, if the, the birds come and chew up the seed, whatever it is, our job is to make sure that we're sowing the word. Man, that's good. I feel like this is almost every conversation that you and I have. Yes. <laughs> which is always encouraging. Uh and we we're like uh, there's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah It's yeah. like uh, so. So could you maybe uh, just give us a recap so we end? Like, what's the bottom line here for folks listening? Sure. Uh, the bottom line is making sure one that we don't let familiarity, maybe tradition or religion, 
rob us of what God's trying to do now, right? Uh, things that we pray for or even the way God moves, uh, if it doesn't show up the way that we anticipate it showing up, that doesn't mean that it's not God. Right. And so don't allow that to cause you to say, well, I can't receive on one hand, right? If you're the receiver, if you're the people in the town, I can't receive because I know you or whatever that is. Forget all of that. The other side is for us going out to to serve other people is to recognize if they don't receive us because of those things, that's okay. Mm. Our job is still here and to go and mm. love on them whether they receive it or not. Man, fantastic, fantastic. Well, man, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a, it's been a joy. Absolutely, my friend. Thanks for joining us on the Mercy Hill Podcast. I absolutely love having these conversations with Jason. Uh, it is always so encouraging and helpful for me. I hope it served that same purpose for you. We'd love for you to tune in again next time as we continue to walk through uh, the book of Mark and talk about Jesus, the true King.